guys, gals, and anybody in between. It's the Polarized Pod. We are back at it again. I'm going to do something different up at the top before I ask my lovely co-host how he's doing. Oh. I'm going to just say what this, uh, what we're doing here. This is a Polarized Pod. Glad you could join us. Uh, this is a podcast about movies. Uh, movies in per- The movies that we choose in particular are polarizing in the sense of Rotten Tomato scores. Critics could love it, audiences could hate it, or vice versa. We cover all movies that are that fit that format. Uh, today, we're talking about The Last Exorcism. And yeah, now I'll get into it. James, how are you? Hello, I am James. I am the, the, the host, sometimes permanent guest. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I enjoy movies as well. This is, this is a con- I'm glad you uh, started the this episode with a description of what we're trying to do here. Cause I think I forgot last time in our bond movie, we just, we just started steamrolling right into the conversation, but yeah, we, yep. we, we check out, um, rotten tomatoes scores and, and if they have like big discrepancies between the audiences and the, and the critics, then we like to talk about those movies. Um, yeah, this movie today, last exorcism, I can't say that I remember it. We kind of like quickly picked it at the end of last episode. Uh, we did. Like just trying to think of another scary movie and we don't have an exact process about how we pick our next movies besides just perusing Rotten Tomatoes and finding ones that people disagree on. Um, seeing the poster, I was like, it vaguely looks kind of familiar, um, but I had no idea what I was getting into, which made it kind of... An interesting sort of exercise and, and part of this podcast that I really enjoy is checking out these ones that, for whatever reason, fall through the cracks. And part of that reason is probably the reviews, you know, and, and part of these uh, things that kind of weigh it down. In this one, The Last Exorcism, it's 72% uh, critics and 35% audience. Um, so, yeah, that's a pretty meaty, meaty chunk, almost like 40%. Uh, yeah absolutely difference between the two people um and it's one that the critics like and and the audience doesn't um but yeah all that i mean all that aside you're doing well brandon yeah man i'm doing good i'm i don't know how excited i am to talk about this movie but yeah you know all all things considered man i'm doing well good um i'm good health um I'm starting, you know, we talked about it earlier this month, but now as October is setting in, I'm getting more acclimated to the fall season oh, and I'm yeah. starting, uh, yeah, I'm starting to enjoy it more. You know, it, it's been cooler, mm-hmm. um, which, yeah, I mean, God makes getting up in the morning very difficult because yeah. I, I love my comfort. Shower, much longer showers. Much longer showers. Great point. Yeah, because now getting out of it is kind of like a mental battle, but (laughs) (laughs) just makes me think of so quickly here. (laughs) Right. You know, it really makes me think of Kramer when he just uh, puts everything in the shower and just stays there. You know, I I, I definitely consider it, you know, as it gets colder and getting out is a little bit more difficult. (laughs) That's such a Kramer idea. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. And then he installs the jacuzzi uh, thing too, or was it, I don't know. He probably had all of his ideas. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, I think he was like time sharing a jacuzzi or he had like access to a jacuzzi. And then he was like, I don't know, charging people or like getting people to go like go in on a jacuzzi. I mean, typical Kramer stuff. Oh, yeah. But yeah, no, I yeah, I'm I'm sinking into this. uh, Yeah, into this fall weather. And I mean, these movies, I mean, it's been it's quite the journey. I know, you know, again, last week we took a little break because you know, we had no time to die come out and we wanted to do a, uh, do a bond. We're definitely considering, um, doing a special episode on that. Um, the no time to die, but last episode was also special in itself because yeah, it was, uh, we took a break from a spooktober fest that we've been doing and, uh, talked about a really goofy, silly, not Halloween movie at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm glad we're that, back that, in it, it. that it coincided with No Time to Die because that, that gave it a reason. And then we're coming up here on the end of spooky season. And then I guess we, we'll get into it at the end of the episode about if we want to do one more scary movie or not. We'll we'll think about it and, and talk about yeah. that uh, later. But we've th- if uh, you haven't checked out any of our other episodes, this is kind of a new frontier for us, horror movies in general. Or it's, mm. at least it's uh, newer or something that we don't delve into too much. And having this avenue to to talk about it, I think, helps me understand what I like about them and what I don't like about them. Um, I mean, know, that's you know, a great Hotel yeah. Transylvania is it served its own purpose as like kind of a family movie, and we did Hocus Pocus, a couple family um, Halloween movies, which you know, up until recently maybe were more my style of doing the family style stuff because <laughs> scary stuff. I'm a little baby. I don't know. It's it's scary, um, but I. If I'm if I'm gonna get right into it uh, with this movie, I'll say right now I was not scared for this. Movie. I was not. Yeah, I completely agree. Whatsoever. Wasn't scared at all. No. Because time and time again, I was. It's really difficult because of the camera work. That stuff was driving me insane. I know. The man. entire time, man. Mm-hmm. I just. Oh, I. I. I really couldn't get over it because it just made the movie look like shit. Yeah, and I that's going to be a big point of discussion, I think, today. Because even last week when we picked this movie, I did not know. It was not a, a clarifier within any of John, of the genres that it was. Would you call this a found footage or a, a, a fucking mockumentary? Like, this was almost like a mm-hmm. mockumentary in, in a lot of ways, too. But it, because it mm-hmm. was done by a documentary film crew um, mm-hmm. in which... And this is kind of just something that I kind of hate. Uh, yeah. At this point, you know, maybe it was more novel in 2010 when you have your, I mean, Blair Witch Project was pretty far back from that. And this just seems like another version of some of a found footage sort of thing. I think there was another movie called like Quarantine or something that came out around this time. And that was just like popular. And then it leads to like paranormal activity and all that. But Paranormal activity is the big influence here because that is was that a, before this? the first one was, and okay. then this, uh, they made the second one a year later than this. So we're right in the pocket of horror Field and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Horror as a genre is really leaning into this, uh, found footage is how it's described on Wikipedia. Um, yeah. yeah. And this style of filmmaking, which, Oh yeah. I just, I, I'm over I, it, man. Like I, I'm, and I think it, I, it, I was, we were over it maybe a while ago. I think Cloverfield could have been one of the last straws for a lot of people, which I would imagine for me, for sure. could be a polarizing movie too. I remember at the time it definitely was cause either you liked it 
um, or you don't. <clears throat> but uh, with this one, it's it's just so 2010 in a lot of ways. Um, but I was, I guess my my main point of it is just that you you question the the reasons why they go about it. This uh, the, did you check Cloverfield by any by any chance? What the score was? Yeah. Uh, it came out so cloverfield came out in uh 2008 right so (laughs) so yeah i I mean i'm actually gonna guess that too and then cloverfield is certified fresh at 78 and then 68 percent audience huh okay i mean it spawned a lot of different things and 10 cloverfield lane is great that's a great kind of thriller horror elements movie i haven't seen the whatever paradox one was but my my I point what i was that i was going to get to um it, that one wasn't that great right it's fine it's just like an, an doing the universe thing whatever but um, yeah my point I was very heady get to was as opposed to cloverfield which is I don't know. You you have all the, the resources and money. You're JJ Abrams. You can I don't know. You can kind of do whatever you want with it. You're trying to do a different certain kind of style, uh, which is the found footage thing. But you also have the money to make a big monster and make this b- big disaster kind of movie too. And then you start to question whether it's in certain movies' case, are you doing it to save money? Which is the case more so with this movie, I think, because it took like three years for them to make it. It was made on like a shoestring budget. Eli Roth came in kind of later once he kind of heard about it, I believe, and Lionsgate and stuff uh, put it up. And then it made a lot of its money back, like 20-something million right out of from a 1.8 million budget or something like that. And yeah, it was like they, they 40, already... it was like 40 something million okay. in a, in box office. It was 1.8 wow. million production and then 20 million in marketing. So it made back it, it's before it even it's came marketing, out, it, but yeah, bef- which before is it even came out. It made back its money because they, because they fronted it so much. If that makes sense. Right. Because they, they were, they were pumping this movie up so much and they had already kind of finished making it. Oh, maybe that was just my understanding of, of it. Like Eli Roth came in and they, it seemed like the movie was kind of finished making it. So he just, yeah. And the market, the marketing you said was 20, 20 million. million. Mm-hmm. And then 1.8, it is the cost of the uh, production. And that is a cool thing around this. I don't know. Like the, that happens a lot in movie, but I think that was a way for someone to make a movie on a, on more of a shoestring budget and have it make a big return uh, for it being really kind of just like a, a novelistic sort of way of making a movie. Um, mm. And it had this kind of this catch of how it was made. But to me, to its huge detriment, I, there, there's this other movie, was it called Chronicle or something where like the superhero guys like have get their soup. There's some uh, movie where like it's a found footage thing and it's like guys getting superhero powers. The thing with that movie, I'm sorry, I'm not remember, remembering exactly the name of it. But that does in this movie too, and other ones like this that I hate, is that the cameraman is a character. I fu- I fucking mm. hate that dude. I I get so annoyed, and this is where just movies now. Maybe there's still found footage movies out there, but now they would probably just make it like a movie, just with a beginning, middle, and end, and then have elements where you have certain shots spliced in and edited in with the cameraman's camera and then you kind of switch between the two for like emo- like emotional effect or effect for the 
for the scene itself. But then you kind of go back and there is another camera there and you can kind of see everyone around. You can see the cameraman because having a disembodied voice of the cameraman, who gives a fuck? Who gives a shit? There's only like five. I don't know. There's several characters in this movie and he's one of them and he has a fair amount of lines and you don't give a shit about him. Like sort of kind of he's kind of the voice of fucking reason at certain points is this cameraman and you just don't you just don't care. And his, you know, it's just voiceover at that point. So it sounds like kind of not great acting, which there's a there's a couple questionable uh, acting choices, whatever. Well, actually, one huge glaring one for me, which is, I'm getting way ahead of myself, but the the lead of um, of Nell or what's her name? Yeah. A- anyways, I, that that's my, I was just gonna try saying I the daughter. I'm going yeah. I'm going way too far. But my main overarching point was arching point was kind of more about just are you doing this. Uh, you know, mockumentary found footage thing because that's your idea or you don't have the money to do it, to do like a normal movie. So you're going to just have it make it seem like this is a part of the, the makeup of the movie is this found footage thing. And there's a documentary filmmakers there and that's going to, that makes it easier to have not great camera work and to not have a fucking resolution which is just a, yeah. it's one thing if it's a scary movie and it's kind of has like a, that ellipsis and I've talked about that makes it really fun of like, oh, it's still out there. And you don't really fully know what's going on. But this, some of the stuff just comes off as an excuse, you know, and while it's still impressive that someone can do it with the um, budget and resources they have, that's what I really question the most. Uh, but there's good and bad versions of it, I guess, but it's just kind of played out even at this point, I think in 2010. Um, do you have fond memories of like Blair Witch or do you have like any like kind of you hate it? I remember I saw Cloverfield with you and you fucking hated Cloverfield. It was, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it was one. It was one of the worst movies I had seen in my life. And it was at a point where we were in middle school. So we were really well, starting to eight, right? Is oh, was high school. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. So we were in high school. So. I mean, the point's kind of the same is that you're I'm developing strong opinions on art that and what I like and what I don't like. And I just really couldn't stand the found footage. Uh, Yeah, the found footage stuff. It just that in particular made me a little nauseous, but it just completely. So and this is the big critique that I would make of this is you lose so much atmosphere when you do this because everything seems so two-dimensional because it's just shot in a way where like yeah you don't understand too much the scope of things Mm -hmm. you don't get a sense of like how creepy the house is where people are like just position because you're just geographically because you're just so stuck in such a small purview and Man, yeah, it just—I don't know. I just—I really don't like it. <laughs> it's even inconsistent with that, which is frustrating, even from just from a continuity sort of standpoint. Because there is this one point where they're in the hospital, uh, going to the hospital to bring her in, and then we'll, we'll go back to the, and we can kind of run through the beats of the story, which is yeah. just kind of—I don't know—a little threadbare, to be honest. But they—they they go to the the hospital. For real. They, they go to the hospital. They're they're bringing her in, and the person behind the the desk the nurse who whoever is telling them uh multiple times turn off the camera turn off the camera turn off the camera 
there's a point where like he turns the camera back on and then it goes to two angles. They grow, there's an angle over where they're reapproaching the desk and she's like, you, and then there's the angle where he's, it's on his lap in the waiting room, or whatever. And it edits between the two cameras. And that's a point in the, not only just it in like a, a way that's like, Oh, you're thinking too much about it. Like, no, they're talking about a singular camera in this scene. That's what makes it so frustrating is like, you're not obeying your own rules when this is the this is what you want to do this is how you want to set it up and then ugh, i can you know there's multiple points in in the movie where it's like and you just constantly start to question like are you still fucking filming right now like turn the camera like even just or people around in the documentary filmmaker it's like dude turn the camera off we got serious shit to deal with and then right it just doesn't fit whatever you know the cameraman and then again the cameraman character just isn't a character because it's assuming these properties of this person doesn't turn the camera off when they should and is the voice of reason when they need the cameraman to be a voice of reason. It's just whatever they need in that moment, the cameraman can kind of do. And it's just, that's where it starts to come off as it's hard. It makes me feel bad saying lazy because clearly these people worked really hard to make this movie on uh, whatever sort of resources they had. So it's hard to call it lazy. It's just what they, what they had, you know? And, uh, but yeah, we can, I think that's that was the big kind of I those are the right, big takeaways right, for sure. Right when the movie started, it was like, oh, this is what we're getting into. And yeah. I just recent, recently watched a movie I'd never seen before, Open Water, um, which I guess it's not. It has like documentary elements. It's mostly just made like on like a lower kind of budget, and it's just shot, shot on like an HD, almost like yeah, video camera or something. But it just it reminded me of that a little bit too. The only problem is, yeah, the narrative is consumed by the found footage thing, which ruins it kind of in certain ways. Even when there are like good shots, there's like this one good shot near the end where the pastor and the father are like standing uh, against this window and they're backlit by this window and you see their silhouettes. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, this is a really great shot. But it's like you just, you just like... It's almost just like, oh, this documentary filmmaker just happened to get like a good shot in the live moment during this private moment that these two people are having. And he's off on the side like, can you speak louder? And, you know, rather than <laughs> it just being like right. meta texture, whatever, and into the into the actual movie, you're just um, uh, one part removed being uh, constantly, like you said, in his purview, like you are you are stuck within his purview the entire movie until it like continuity fucks up um so that being said yeah this do you want to get into kind of yeah like the, please the strokes of the of this crazy crazy movie we we uh we decided to pick um it's uh it starts really yeah just introducing the family and this guy who's uh his father was a was a pastor as well mm-hmm. um and it just kind of shows him in in his element in the church and how he, uh, how he speaks to the to the people, how he, uh, how he does his job, and then it, all that stuff, which is of... all just so comical. It's such a weird tone for the movie, yeah. Because he he just he just presents that he is like a wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah. He has a secret that he just, he knows that this is all bullshit, but he's going to keep up with it because that's what he's good at. Mm -hmm. And it's, which, which is interesting, but it's, I don't, yeah, I guess it just doesn't really 
come i just really don't get a sense that his world is shattered by what happens in this he just quickly shifts over to we are gonna you know mental health we got to get them to a hospital let's get away from the religious uh like caretaking and go into a medical caretaking but yeah it but yeah his like he's he's they just make him he's just kind of considering people yeah well that's a great description because it's he's almost looking at people as dumb sheep that will listen to anything he says and he'll he bets the woman the documentary filmmaker that uh right um he can just slip in his mom's pumpkin pie recipe into his <laughs> the banana bread banana bread recipe into his sermon right. which I don't know. That didn't really prove anything to me. It was just kind of like, yeah, if, I don't know, whatever. But he was, he, if you're he, just shouting stuff. Yeah. yeah exactly. I mean, he, okay. He, whatever. He flaunted that as if that was some, some big thing that he could do. It's just like, I don't know, whatever. But I thought he was pretty good that, that actor, he's in uh, better call Saul. And there's something that is almost like daytime TV looking about him. Like he belonged in a yeah. soap opera or something like that. But there is like real sure. kind of conviction in his eyes too, where I can see like a, uh, more complex emotions going on there. Um, however, yeah, in this movie, and, and we'll get more into it as it goes on, just like his motivations and what he wants, um, while you said is interesting, like, yeah, this this pastor that is like sure. almost like this snake oil salesman that, that knows what he's selling is a lie, but just likes to give people the pleasure because his ego is so big or whatever. And he, he like gets off right. or something, but, and that would have been kind of yeah. even more interesting to get a little bit more into is that kind of nefarious side kind of, it gives a whole kind of montage of his methodry once. So yeah, he, you get the, you get the montage of kind of his, uh, just preaching and, and stuff like that. But then it gets into him and his father talking about exorcisms Mm-hmm. And how, yeah, he's been a, the funny, the funniest one was when he was like talking about, yeah, all the exorcisms. And then he shows the newspaper clipping of him at 10 years old with his first. Like, I love that. And he's I love like that. Little this kid. little kid. And he's got his hand on somebody's head. <laughs> oh my God. Goofy stuff. And that's yeah, when I, yeah. like, I was text, I texted you just be, like, yeah, this want to be kind of funny. Yeah. This movie is uh, silly. Like, yeah. and you know, he's got all these gadgets for exorcisms mm-hmm. and yeah and it's yeah like kind of making fun of how dumb people are a little bit with that that um banana bread thing right and then also too when he's like interviewing people like adjacent to where he's going he's just kind of like oh, poking yeah. fun at, at how like oh they're just you know they're so crazy down here everybody believes in uh aliens and wacko shit yeah it is kind of like that uh yeah it has that people in the street moment when he goes down there um but how it's how it starts it just i don't know if it 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 earns the his established wants and and what he wants to do with the documentary uh filmmakers and how far he wants to push it to get what he wants as well because he does push it really far excellent point and that comes later but at the beginning he just seems so checked out yeah And and just like uh and wants to move on to something else and um his reasoning to bring them along i wasn't originally i thought it was just gonna be like i don't know i'm gonna show i'm gonna show you and it seemed maybe like other i mean i don't know what point i'm really trying to make necessarily besides i thought maybe that he would be showing the people that he was exercising to like how he was a little bit more checked out but he really and like how he would like 
maybe doesn't believe in it too and and trying to help them that way which i don't know he just is shows the people that he's exercising the tr- his conviction as if he still believes fully and when he gets there he also is the con man that he uh says he is to the documentary filmmaker so he does all the tricks and he does all these weird things to all the to the family and everything to ch- and his point i guess is to prove to the documentary filmmakers and to whoever wants to watch this documentary that they're making that if anybody wants an exorcism or something like these are the tricks that uh an exorcist would use to make it seem real which that is just man so weird it's yeah it's such a weird thing because it's like you are putting yourself in a position of of real trouble like with whatever the catholic church or right um or whoever else i mean even your father like the people in the town like you seem to be like this kind of guy you you take your even small amount of fame within this town or wherever pretty pretty seriously you like it at least and you just like you're gonna drag your own name to prove this point and if that's the truth and that's really how he feels i just wanted a little bit more of that and like him expressing it's like yeah i'm gonna bring this whole fucking thing down with me and i don't care totally how far he pushes it in the end would make a little more sense of like why he's pushing it so far and why he wouldn't just be like fuck this i'm out i'm not i'm not gonna do this anymore anyways even if this is real like i believe it, but i don't want any part of this he's like really convicted and and set on saving this girl from a demon once he finds out it is real but up to that point He's on some other trip, and the transition between those two things is is just not uh, super clear, except for some of the interactions between him and the father, uh, where he gets called out. But then it's just it's more so him reverting back to back to his religious side again to to prove to the father that he's still religious, but his true motivations and what he really wants, and why he cares so much about the girl and what his beliefs are. I don't know. It's just like that seemed like good fodder for. Um, character development in this in this movie that didn't really have much besides this opening of showing his wife who's just like oh he's great i love him oh he's the best so supportive and the son son knows they both know that he doesn't believe what he does yeah so when they ask the son uh and he just like "Mm, yeah he just which is a is a little deaf. So they're living a little, with a a little deaf boy, which it was a real deaf boy, which I I I thought that was I, don't know, I just thought that was great that they had a they cast a little deaf boy in that role. It was just like he was cute as a button too. Um, just it, and uh, I don't know. It, it just uh made, it kind of was nice to to see that. Oh man, a little deaf boy's in a movie. That's uh, that's great. Um, but. That was that was it, and then he just gets this letter. He's like, "This was going to be my last exorcism." They're the name of the movie, and then he just goes to the mailbox, post PO box, and then picks a random note, really, and then decides to do that, and then be like, "Okay." And why the documentary filmmaker? How they met up with them? I don't know. Not not all this stuff matters, but it's just like you don't care about them when they're in trouble. Yeah, for sure. Um, I will say that they set it up just as a plot device or however you would call it, that's probably not a good term for this, but they said that he was really scarred by the fact that a kid was, an uh, exorcism was performed poorly and then the kid suffocated and died. Oh my God, yeah. And then he had that dream dream about putting, pushing cellophane over the, the kid or over over his son, or he just, he was really dealing with that. Um, but that 
only serves the purpose of keeping him there, but there isn't any real development from him as to overcoming that fear or confronting it or yeah, anything of related to that. So it's just, oh man, yeah, there's like the this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's it just seems like well, uh they want to put you in right in the moment as quick as they can and and get you out as quick as possible too. Um, and to, to a lot of the critics, it seems like at the time it was very, very successful in doing that. Um, and I think there is something to be said where there's, there's credit to be had where, yeah, you can jump into the action really quickly and, and before it gets up its own ass, you can kind of pull the plug when the action's kind of at its peak. There's like good examples and bad examples of, of both of those things. I mean, yeah, paranormal, paranormal activity from what I remember that is just like, the the woman the wife is like a possessed in that and then it just like gets worse and worse and worse until the very end where it just cuts off and um but and you see and you see the pacing you see where the beats are but it's just how how they how those transitions are made are these people talking like oh what do we do and and they're filming at the same time and I don't know. It's just hard for me to get out of my, I'm like harping on this point out, out of my mind of just like, we're going to film about what we're going to do next. And it's just, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't get that out of my, my mind, how silly that is. But also I, it, I guess it helps where this guy's such a showman and everything that he loves having the camera on around him doing what he's doing just near the end. It's like unbelievable. They show, they show up at yeah. the house or like they drive to the house and we get one of the um, better performances of the movie from the uh, what's his name uh, the brother um, I, the actor's name's Caleb Landry Jones yeah Caleb Landry Jones who's who's great and he's been in other stuff too like the Twin Peaks and the the Return I think is one of the more recent things I saw him in he's just perfect for a David Lynch thing but like right when mm-hmm. he shows up there's just he's he's putting out a threatening intimidating vibe while also being very calm cool and collected like uh body yeah. body language and his voice mm. is soft in in the demeanor and everything and it's so off-putting because you think he's about to put on some like southern charm or something but he's just like you're gonna want to turn because they're asking him where to go and he's like yeah you're gonna want to take a u-turn he's starting to be nice you want to turn around and get the fuck out of here or whatever you know get the get the hell out um and he nails it and they're like, okay, we'll drive away. And he just starts throwing rocks at him. Like, which was scary that, I mean, maybe that was the only time. Yeah. Scariest things. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Maybe that was the only time I was scared is when the rocks hit the, hit the van because yeah, I just, uh, you don't know what you're going to at that point. Yeah. What your imagination is presenting is, is the scariest. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, he, uh, so, and then you walk, you, you roll up on the, the house that they're going to go to, he stops. He stopped at some gas station, changed his clothes, and interviewed some people on the street. That um, yeah, and the people in the street uh, had some fun performances as well. That I think this was a kind of a thing they did around the time too. I think it was just like kind of have these moments of interviewing people in in movies. I'm trying to give think of a good example, mm. um, but that that. I don't know. I guess it's gone gone far back, even as far as like I think when Harry Met Sally starts with like people, like couples, like getting sure. interviewed and everything, and those that can that can be fun. Um, but this is just a whole whole mockumentary, so it's it, there's just a lot of what, what do you call it? Like 
office sort of just like two camera uh, stand-up kind of shots or whatever where they're just getting asked questions and you actually hear the documentary filmmaker kind of responding back sometimes. Um, and Patrick Fabian, I think, does does pretty good at being hammy enough to handle the camera. He knows magic. I thought the magic thing was such I, a I love that. funny uh, thing, too. Uh, just like, he's like with his son doing yeah. the fire thing. I was like, oh, I love that. He does this. That looks, or, the, yeah. or or at the sermon when he's doing that card trick again that was oh so funny and yeah, goofy i oh i love that just everybody eating it up and he doing the whole jokers and it's just uh, oh love that because that, yeah that was like oh i get who this guy is and going right. going to a lot of church growing up um i like can i know who that going to a christian school you know my life mm-hmm. we had like chapel every wednesday and and guys trying to, you know, be get uh, middle schoolers and high schoolers to listen to them. You know, you kind of have to be a little hammy to to get their attention, or they're just gonna, you know, tie or just not pay attention. Um, and so it just all kind of hit home for me that that kind of routine that he he puts on, where yeah, you could fucking throw in a banana bread thing and and find some metaphor that could relate and and have people kind of just eat it i that was just many a sermon i would hear just be a a long extended metaphor uh, Mm -hmm. that would relate back to something um that they're trying to impart but uh he did it in in a way that established his character in that way but some of those deeper nuanced kind of darker nefarious things yeah i was just more curious about of like what what he was trying to get out 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 of all this besides just being on camera and knowing that he was, right. he was doing it, he seemed like more, he was more checked out, yeah, again, rather than convicted to, like, show the true uh, nefarious nature of it all. Um, so mm-hmm. they show up there, the brother, they get introduced to the brother on bad terms. Um, they see the father. He immediately tells him to shut the camera off. Um, and he takes him aside and, and talks him down, and they... Uh, you keep the camera on. He's got his he's got his ways, and then he brings him to the barn. The father brings him to the barn, shows him all the animals that have uh, had their throats slit, uh, or no, the bellies yeah. slit or whatever. And belly slit open, yeah, yeah. A bunch of animals have been killed, and then you get introduced to the sixteen going on thirty six year old uh, daughter for sure. Um, yeah, who just it, it this movie. I hate to be so harsh and everything, but the. It just doesn't work. She she doesn't. It doesn't work for me. Her performance in, in yeah, the, she's in the too light, old in the lightest terms possible, and maybe that has a huge thing to do with it too. Where she was supposed to be younger than Caleb Landry Jones. Uh, mm-hmm. Caleb Landry sure. Jones is driving the truck around. And she's supposed to be the younger daughter. And it was just, it, I was completely taken out. I think yeah. on the introduction of her, and you you arrive in this situation where oh she's smiling and angelic and all this stuff it's like i get maybe they're trying to go in a certain way and maybe trying to age her down by her kind of being more like naive and all that stuff but then he like asked her he's like you know why we're here today or something like that she said yeah and she's still smiling it's like what is what is the tone that you're trying to set here i do not understand why is she so fucking happy right now why is she so smiley besides just showing that she's just like a little girl like I, right. I, I just didn't, I, uh, I didn't know totally. And it was really no. like pointless to me and didn't set the right tone getting, having all the characters be together in the room for the first time and, and having her get, get checked out and everything and her asking for the boots, everything just was off and didn't, didn't draw me in. But what did, sorry, I'm going hard, pretty hard on her. What, what did you think? 
No, I completely agree. And I, the point and to back your point up is that it was always weird when there's a point in the plot where they talk about her getting pulled out of Sunday school. Oh yeah, I, well, that was. Like, I was uh, like, a, a few, wait, a few years ago or whatever. But it seemed um, like the normal time someone two, would probably get taken. Two out. years, yeah, so fourteen years old. Yeah, you're out of Sunday school. <laughs> but nonetheless, she looks like she's twenty three. Oh, for sure, yeah. And yeah, I was just so weird. Yeah, it. Just, whenever shit like that happened in the movie where they were talking about her being naive and young, it just was so weird because she just. Mm-hmm. I mean, her performance was trying to convey that, but she just didn't look like that at all. Yeah, it was almost like they were compensating for something the same way that her smiling and all those things just like mm-hmm. kind of like play up the, the innocent nature. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, you don't fully know what's what's going on. And, and you're just kind of, yeah, like very naive and, and all that stuff. But I can't, I was trying to see when she was born. <laughs> I know. I'm just so, I was so curious. This is rude. This is rude. But, uh, Caleb Landry Jones was born in 1989. I was, I was curious when, um, okay. Ashley Bell was born, but never mind. Never mind. This is, this is just something that, yeah, within the, the context of the movie take took me out. Um, but they immediately, he immediately goes to work and that's when it, uh, gets in. Well, there's that thing with the boots, which seemed out of place and weird, or just why is this happening? And then I found out the first piece of IMDb trivia said, "Yeah, you see this too." Is like the yeah. insurance company she, would only cover her for this movie if she had shoes on during all of the scenes of the of her being possessed. So it yeah. just at least that helped it make sense to me why that seems so out of place, mm-hmm. or just it seemed like. I don't know. Like, yeah, I got extra shoes in the truck. Forget about it. I don't yeah, uh, I, I did I enjoy. Uh, yeah, I did enjoy her relishing in the fact of getting something new yeah. because there is this vibe, which it does incredibly poorly that this family, like where they are is very like kind of out in the boonies. This family is very simple, God fearing. And there is an archetype there that we've seen in the past with movies, but none of those people really gave me a strong sense that they didn't understand the world around them or like what, or they weren't up to date on, on stuff because, well, a lot of it had to do with the fact that we never really got to be with those people because we were constantly stuck with our main character and with our film crew. There wasn't really any asides with the other members of the family being yeah. like, this is how I feel about this. That's where this is what everything kind of suffers. Yeah. We're just being stuck in that right. camera. It's like that camera guy is never going to be alone with the family. Yeah. Right. Why would he? And it's then yes. So all of those people really suffer from not understanding what they know, what their motivations are and, and what have you. The closest and thing so- was like the, she got the camera and then did some stuff on her own, which is close to being scary, but sorry, continue. Oh yeah. No, that was, that was, you're talking about when she starts attacking people, right? That kills the cat. Is that? Yeah. And she takes the camera and films that she likes, she kills the camera or sorry. She kills the cat, like with the camera lens. Yeah. Like, which was didn't really sense. bizarre. Yeah, absolutely. Cause the, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that introduction and he gets to work, you see the montage of kind of all of his tricks. He, he puts her in the room. What is, what does he do, Brandon? He has like the sound he put he like so totally specs out the room before they start it and he puts all the little thing doodads in there like a true magician what he's got like mm. sound stuff 
that I feel like you would clearly he- know like, oh, it sounds like a haunted house. I know that's not coming from mm-hmm. from the heavens or from hell or something. That's coming from a little speaker box somewhere behind the bed because I've been to a haunted house before. That's how it's, I don't know. But uh, he's got stuff like that. The bed starts shaking. and then I didn't got- understand the rings. Did you understand? Where it like showed he like, if something was attached to his ring and then when he, like held her temples. Oh, it like, was I like think a it was... shock. I think he was like, Oh, got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. Isn't that, that makes fucking sense. crazy. Insane. When you think about it. And he mm-hmm. like, he's like actually physically abusing this person. Yeah, for sure. Like shock therapy in her fucking temples. <laughs> and yeah. And, I, and then he's got the, the, um, Master of Ceremonies, what do you call it? The coup d'etat, whatever. Just the fucking crucifix that smokes out of it. It's I like, love that's, that's that, dude, Dad. That's the big finisher. Uh, yeah, that's like, that oh, it's that's got this little. Weapon. Yeah, it's got this little cartridge in it that he's got to he's got to lock and load it, so it just shoots out this little. Oh man, that was great. I was so into that. I was like, how do I get one of those? <laughs> Cause that, yeah, then that has like its effect on everything too, or something that you can imagine just like, whoa, wait, that's pretty, or I don't know. It's, it could go, e- it could go either way. You actually see smoke coming out of it. And then it didn't like harp on it too long either. It was just one of the effects of, of everything. He was kind of like, so he does the whole, whole routine with the family there. She's a fucking mess. Like she's actually screaming and freaking out. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like good good screams, and she can contort her body and and all that stuff, which which has a has an effect, I guess. And um, sure, and I don't know what it, it kind of just goes well. And he says it's like over, right? And then they kind of <laughs> just like vacate for the night. And he's like, okay, like remember, I I t- I got rid of it. It's your job to keep it away. Um, to yeah, the father. And he, yeah, and he gets paid for it, and then. Mm-hmm. Um, they go to the, their like motel or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, um, they're at the motel. They kind of say goodnight to each other and then it just cuts. Okay. Because the assumption is, is the cameraman obviously leaves the pastor, turns off the camera, then it opens back up and the producer, I guess, um, is sprinting towards his room. Right. And then she is in his room, but she's in like this fugue state where she doesn't really know where she is. And then they take her to the hospital and then some weird stuff happens. She like, uh, starts groping the doc, uh, the director and like licking her. That's and right. Yes, 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 that yes. Was, that was uh-huh. pretty unsettling. <laughs> um, or just that For sort sure. of thing where, yeah, it really seemed in that moment that no control of her body, something else was controlling her body that didn't understand how to be human or something because immediately after she puked all over herself. So, yeah, it was just like unsettling. But, yeah, I don't know, never fully scary for me. But, they, yeah, they take her to the hospital. That whole thing happens with the camera. Just like, don't turn that camera off, turn that camera off. And then there's... Just that two camera shot bugged me so much, because mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it's just like okay, you're pres- you're gonna live by these rules, live by those rules, you know. Um, and she gets checked in. Uh, the father shows up, pissed as hell, and uh, he wants his daughter back. And the Patrick Fabian is insisting on getting psychiatric 
uh, checked, but they need the approval of the father, which he is not giving. He wants her checked out and wants her to go home. Um, which yep. they follow them back. Is that what is that what happens? They they follow them back to the to the place, or they they go back to the place. Uh, yeah. Or they were about to leave, and then they decide to go back. I remember they sh- they show up, and then the uh, they find out that that Nell had they, sliced the brother's face open. That's what it is. Is that they? I think they split ways for the night, and then they drive in the next day to check in on them, and then they find the brother has his face slit open. Hmm. Yeah, and that. That was a situation that was kind of scary at first and then kind of turned humorous for me in a weird way because immediately what they do and it's like I get if his face was really so bad that he couldn't say anything but it was like sliced from his upper lip in a straight line like almost down his lower lip um, mm-hmm. where he could probably still make some words out. Oh but yeah, for sure. They're immediately like, write down, write down, write it down, yeah. write down, and they like make him write, make him write, and they were everyone was like yelling at him to write something down, <laughs> not exactly what, just like write down what you feel, <laughs> and then right, and then the, the father's <laughs> away or whatever, and so they he gets the note and then pockets it, and then uh, and then he's like, well, you got to take my son to the hospital, and I'll t- I'll stay here with Nell. And he's like, no, you got to go to the hospital with your son and I'll stay with Nell because what happens if the demon comes back, it'd be, it'd be a better idea mm. for me to be here. He, so the father takes the son to the hospital. They're alone with Nell. Very quick resolution. All of this stuff moves so quickly. Yeah. And then he, like, shows, there, the, he shows the yeah. note and then the son, it says something like, don't leave don't, him alone with her. Yeah. Don't leave her alone with the, the father, which mm. leads starts that whole thread of them thinking that the father's not is doing something uh, not good to Nell. And they start to think that uh, she's dealing with some sort of trauma because of that possibly. And then it, when is this revealed? This is revealed as well because they, they it's revealed from the hospital or do they get a call from the hospital that she's pregnant? Yeah. I think it's something to that effect. Yeah. It, that piece of information is introduced around this time. Yeah. Um, and she is a virgin and so they, she's 16 years old. And so they immediately, they immediately go into this whole thing where, uh, the documentary, the director is freaking out rightfully slow. So, and I thought that was, uh, a pretty good bit of acting and everything. Still the whole thing is like, why is this being filmed? Like, what is this guy's, he's just like, we're going to film this whole thing about them having this really personal conversation about really fucked up right. shit. And you just, mm-hmm. I shouldn't be thinking about that. I should be letting go, remembering this as a movie. It's like, oh no, this is a documentary within a movie. Um, but I, yeah, I thought that was pretty intense, that that scene. And then they're trying to figure out like, oh, do we take her? And it's like, no, that's fucking kidnapping. We'll wait till he gets back. Um, and... Do they, they take an hour nap is what the camera guy says yep. in the middle uh-huh. of the height of the argument and the tension and the, uh-huh. and the, and the, and the cameraman also, I think earlier was saying, he's like, I don't feel comfortable staying here. She, she fucking slit her brother's throat. He, mm-hmm. he's drawing mm-hmm. so all of us. One Dying. of us, yeah. I'm decapitated. She's ripped apart. 
and the and the pastor's dead too. The exorcist is dead, and like almost like two minutes later, he's like, "Hey, let's take an hour nap all all at once." Does anyone want to keep watching? No, everyone take an hour nap, and then you get kind of like a a pretty effective thing where she grabs the camera, puts it up to a mirror, and then like takes her clothes off, and that's kind of creepy with because the focus is off and everything, and like that's where the found footage stuff can kind of shine when you can have these those sort of things. But at the same time, you could have that same scene. Yep. If you just do a normal movie and place those like really effective found footage things within and like a normal movie, you know, but this, yeah. this is not what this is. Uh, I think this movie would have, they went all the way with yeah, it. They did. This movie would have been better if once the shit really started taking off that they switched it over and stopped doing the found footage and then turned it into a, like a regular shot movie, because then you would have been a, like, yeah, you would have seen all of the actors, dealing with this situation seeing what the conversation looks like as opposed to just seeing the backs of people's heads just seeing a voice come from behind the camera and then just yeah i also switching the switching the tone and the tension um because yeah again this found footage stuff is just not it doesn't it doesn't do well to create atmosphere and tension for me it just doesn't. I think maybe people are making an argument that it does because it's just so, you know, sporadic and chaotic. But it just, it, yeah, to me, it doesn't effectively convey like, man, like this house is creepy and we're right, in this right. house with, you know, somebody who's possessed. And how is everybody, you know, kind of doing? What does it sound like? All of that stuff. It just, yeah. That's why I it think doesn't... it was just like a novel concept that was that was really powerful and gripping in the day. And then as with anything, it's just kind of been pared down as culture does and the the elements that have lasted are still there and those kind of movies have had their effect. But this is just a movie that does not need to be remembered. Like it sounds harsh, but it's like, it's just a cop. I, I think you like to say it like a copy of a copy of a copy or yeah. whatever. It's just like, it's mm-hmm. not, it's in the middle or at the tail end of this fad that it's kind of trying to cash in on, to be honest. And it's, and it's doing a mix of that and the exorcist, mm-hmm, which is right. also like, it's already kind of been done in the best way possible, which there's been plenty of other good exorcism scenes in within movies. Mm-hmm. Um, exorcist is like, it, I mean, you can't, you can't beat it, but this is, there was a bunch of exorcism movies going on around this time as well. Um, what like exorcism of Emily Rose or yeah. Like, oh yeah. Uh, that kind of, I don't know what I like. I feel like other kind of stuff too. And then there was other kind of movies like this too. And so this is just kind of this amalgamation of fads going on at the time. And there's a reason why I don't remember it. I feel like there's, uh, maybe a, the, the scene of her contorting. It looks similar, like a uh, familiar from like a trailer. And then I think there's some offshoot of a scary movie called like a haunted house or something. I believe that like, I never saw it, but makes fun of it. It was apparently popular enough to warrant a parody. Um, mm. But this is essentially a parody itself of something. I don't know. It has right. no mockumentary qualities to it. And I think the humor is banking on the fact of that as well, where they're, where they're able to have these kind of like... Totally. One of those funnier things, when he, we keep bringing up the uh, banana bread, but he looks directly at the camera when he says that. And you can only yeah. really get it in that kind of moment where he's like, mm-hmm, I know what I'm doing here. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little stinker. Yeah, I'm a little stinky stink. <laughs> I like banana bread. Um, yeah, and, and and so they take their hour nap. Uh, the, that spooky stuff happens, and then what she, like, 
how does she, how does she rev- oh no they hear shit right they hear the baby oh the baby was baby crying was like a oh i don't know that mm-hmm. seems really, like driving up to the house you don't know you see the brother and you're like ooh my imagination is working and then it kind of gives it away or whatever but like going upstairs you're like ooh spooky and then you see her standing there it's kind of like nah okay yeah totally it deflates the whole thing i mean yeah it's like the, it's it's dark but there's so I think the reason that it's not scary is because there isn't, again, like I'm not, we just had a nap. Like I'm not in, a, <laughs> I, I'm not really in a space where, and the, every part of this where movie so they? far, like hasn't gotten me into an area where I'm like uncomfortable, really. There's I'm no just, build up. there's no buildup. There's no, yeah, I can't, yeah, I'm going to stop harping on, t- you know, just kind of atmosphere because I just, I don't know. I it weirdly maybe we shouldn't have started uh, Spooktober with the witch because that was so incredibly it set the bar way too high because that was that was a master class in you don't have to have a whole lot going on you just have to make it like the environment and the space you're occupying seem tense seem unsettling seem frantic or whatever and. Yeah, this movie did a. Sorry, it just did a ter- really terrible job of doing that. It it is a choice. It's a strong choice, and it sets an atmosphere. It, and it's it's. I guess it's just up to you whether you whether that hits you or not. Mm. I yeah, I still maintain that elements of it are good, but on the on as a whole piece of hour and a half, even hour and a half cinema, it's like too long, in just that. Uh, mode of of watching a movie i feel like now i i I watched blair witch project more late in my life um and i thought it was very effective i'd be curious to watch it again but i I thought that was really well done um but you just don't see much in that movie it's all really like that what we're saying is like that expectation and imagination of of what could or could not happen is so powerful and knowing how to build that uh, that pacing up is is can be very effective and some of the scarier moments are done where yeah it's a choice but it's like the camera jolts awake and then there's something scary happening there's like three different scares where it's just like there's no build up it's just kind of like okay camera off and then camera's back on and something scary is happening and it's kind of like oh okay I don't, and you're just kind of jolted it's almost like yeah you're being jolted awake but yeah it's it's not even that scary uh, it's it's not it's not effective to me e- either, and and this was something where it was uh, exercise and futility, even watching it and making it at the time. I feel like it's the same, and I'm and I'm being cruel because it's just like there's there's enough versions and better versions of the of this probably out there. Whether you're watching a found footage or exorcism movie, and um, but yeah, she oh yeah, she kills the cat, and when she with the camera. Uh, that was disturbing. That just made me sad. And this, and it was interesting. This is just an aside of my own because I started Midnight Mass last night, and it had both uh, a pastor that you're not really sure about, and also uh, and cats dying in that too. And then I I watched this and I was like, this is too similar. <laughs> this is just this is too similar to what I'm what I'm just about to just about to watch. Um. But I've been enjoying that that show so far. Uh, is your is your mic working okay? 
Oh yeah, just cool. for a second, I had the program fucked up, but yeah, I, yeah, that's. I mean, that's. I know that. I mean, honestly, man, I think we could almost. I'm get into the like critics and start talking about it because, like, yeah, we're like. There was just this last. Oh, I mean, the last scene. We, I think. Let's talk, talk about, about right. Scene, yeah. Let's talk about the last scene. Yeah, for sure, because it. I guess just needs to be talked about, but the payoff from it again is just. I, I didn't see it coming, so that was another thing where there wasn't really anything that I was given in the movie to go like, oh yeah, there's this weird cult that's going on that actually is spawning Satan. Like it just came out of left field. I don't know. Did you get a sense that that was like? I liked the, the... I liked that part, and that made it weird and unexpected unexpected enough where there was like that book and there was like that kind of they when they when they would talk about those things it was almost kind of a throwaway thing uh besides like yeah he was it almost seemed like it was a fake out when he was describing that one demon that was consuming uh or like taking over the daughter but you also knew in the back of your head like oh this is probably actually their way of introducing what's actually going on too with with uh with her but it was just also yeah i mean that's kind of ham-fisted too because there's no reason for him to introduce that demon to him because he thinks it's a fake he doesn't think demons are real so he's like oh if it was real it would be this one but i don't i think it's all bullshit but if you want to know what and it turns out that is the real one and that's exactly what's yeah. happening so for what? him to introduce that it is kind of it's just kind of off it just seems like they're trying to get to a place and finding a way to introduce those elements and those story things are left up to a few amount of characters and two of them are off screen the majority of the time so he's really got to do a lot of the heavy heavy lifting um but yeah she's yeah. she's pregnant with a demon baby it's not the father whatsoever and mm-hmm. and there i guess there's that whole exorcism in the in the second exorcism which he agrees to do because the father's about to kill her and they and he's like okay i'll exercise her a second time because he wants to get rid of the demon baby the father does mm-hmm. and they do it in the barn and there's some of the contortion stuff just didn't hit for me didn't hit for me any of that contortion stuff it wasn't scary and she's just doing like her neck, yeah. neck thing and she was like bending her body in weird ways but it wasn't it just didn't work it was not it was not scary to me and i don't know if that was a performance thing or just not fully thought out of like how we're gonna uh drive the scene and in, in a in a way that it goes ups and downs it was more just kind of like oh look at all this weird weird shit she's doing oh that's fucked up and um she's that she asks if he wants a blowing job uh and, and that's <laughs> yep. and he's like oh you're just a girl and, you don't know what that is and, and he, there's a lot of that kind of stuff of talking to the demon in there but it's t- I don't know. It's not really to any effect because he doesn't like exercise it. It still stays in her. It's just these oscillating, like she's out of this demon state and not. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I totally agree. And you know, what's kind of funny that you bring that up where I, yeah, I don't think that they plan that as well because the actress has like this, she's able to do that. She's like really flexible or I can't, can't remember what the, like, I think they, gave it some type of like clinical definition but a double giant uh, or some shit something like that which is one of those things where it's like oh so that wasn't there you're just like oh maybe she was like i don't know testing it out road testing it, and they're like oh yeah that's yeah, cool yeah, that's scary oh do we do more oh, stuff like that yeah. yeah do more stuff like that it's like oh god yeah because i mean when you think about like uh the exorcism there is so much like body horror stuff oh, exorcist and the exorcist yeah sorry um 
And obviously that's planned out. Like it's in the book. It's like the demon is, you know, kind of shredding and ripping and contorting. And it's psychological. I don't know. The thing, the things that the, that it's saying through her is more, is, is more what the buildup is. And then when she does that weird body horror sort of shit, then that's kind of the, the fucked up like cherry on top. But it's like the stuff that she's saying sticks with you way more. I feel like, and, um, this demon was kind of like didn't know what he was doing i i guess and he just wanted wanted to have that sweet demon baby and um yeah. and he does and uh what hap- how did they transfer to the next scene do they all uh, they're running from the the father and then maybe she's just she's running off on her own and then she gets she gets away and then they uh they run up on the whole ritual um, I yeah, I don't remember exactly how that happened because for like maybe they came back or I yeah. oh yeah they were going they're leaving and then he's like I'm gonna turn around yeah which so many opportunities in any in any horror movie this could be the crit- criticism but so many opportunities to call the police and they talk yeah. they talk about it a lot to the point where it gets really upsetting that you actually never see any police <laughs> even if they were dispatched if like yeah yes they're talking about some exorcism man would send a patrol car and they send a patrol car and then the patrol car gets like blown up in the devil's fury or some shit and then the movie the movie right. could still end exactly how it does but they, they just talked about police so much for them not to uh i guess at the end that's like oh we should call the police and then just it's the demon baby is born they throw it in the fire, uh, and all, all these people are there. My one of my favorite characters is the the helper at the the church in town, and the pastor there. Um, yeah. The lady's like, "Oh, what are you the- guys? What are you guys doing? You're making a movie? Oh, that's cool. Oh, do I get to be in it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it's just she's and then great. the and like when they show up, the pastor's like, "Remember, there's cameras here." So just, uh, she she seems so real to me in that that sort of like yeah, and I don't like David Lynch sort of thing, just like real real um interesting kind of fun people to populate your your town within within the movie especially when you have the scene of her giving uh helping give birth to this demon baby and for like very kind of yeah just like for lack of a better term normal looking people doing that it just i don't know that kind of added to the effect of me of just just kind of like yeah within this short amount of time they all got like hypnotized or possessed to do this do this thing and there's this big fire and they all roll up on it in the woods and um you get uh i'm just rolling through this hope it's all right and you get no uh, yeah please oh god what's is it uh i don't even know the main the character of the the main guy um cotton marcus cotton marcus i've not even said that yet um patrick fabian cotton marcus you get that picture that she drew at the beginning of the movie which is a, a little piece of foreshadowing, which was kind of nice where he's holding the crucifix up to the flames. And I thought that was a nice little, yeah, like motif moment. It's like, oh yeah, but there's just, that was the payoff was just that part from yeah. that picture. And then you don't see anything else with him. That's his ending as he walks towards the flames. Kind of would have liked a little bit more with him, but no, you remember that the cameraman is a character and you are stuck with him. So yeah. when they freak out and start running, you run away from him and and go to the fruition of what a found footage movie is, which she, director gets chopped up and then brother rolls up and does a quick, 
I don't know, he would not be able to decapitate the cameraman with that one-handed quick slice with almost like a knife or something, but that's the assumption is he mm-hmm. uh, decapitates the cameraman and the movie ends. And that's how found footage movies go. And it's like yeah. that you can use that to great effect or you can use that as a, a fucking cop-out, dude. Like, I, I don't know. It's like it can be just a cop-out of a way of like we're going to make our movie and it doesn't need to... And it's, it's, it sounds harsher than it maybe has to be. It's like, we, it doesn't have to have great camera work. It doesn't have to have great sound. It can have mess ups. It can have continuity errors or whatever, whatever, all this, all this stuff. Uh, and it can end in a way that doesn't have any big resolution about what happened or, or it can be short and all that stuff. And it'll just put people in the action, but it's, it can be just used as a cop out. If you don't have the resources to do what you want to do and be like, well, we can just focus on doing it in, a deconstructed way it's almost like how like a chef would be like oh here's your deconstructed sandwich because i read out of i ran out of bread or something i I don't have enough bread so i'm deconstructing it you know it's like that's uh-huh. what a found footage movie can be it's like oh sure there's plenty of deconstructed uh meals that can be great and tasty and interesting and inspired but it's played out at a certain point when you when someone tells you that it's like oh i think i've i've seen enough found footage movies to get the idea like i don't I don't need to continue to go back to that well as a genre. It's just, it was, it was something that was done and it was done effectively and that's cool. And it's almost like, uh, all the, there's a lot of groundhog day things going on now too, where it's just like, Oh, we're just going to use that groundhog day element or we're going to use the body switch thing to make horror movies or, or whatever with, um, they did like happy death day with the groundhog day and they did the, one with Vince Vaughn, which is kind of the body switch stuff. And it's like, mm. oh, we'll just take these certain ideas and just apply them in other areas. It's just stuff like that that seems kind of uninspired to me. And while it can be fun and, and interesting and, and all that stuff, found footage to me is, is played out. Uh, totally. I, that's kind of my final thoughts. No, that's a good final thought. No. Uh, hey, we don't, you know what? We don't. I don't want to, yeah, I don't need to dwell on this shit for. I don't. I, yeah, I don't want to dwell. I mean, and I'm going to just give my final thoughts and really just building off of what I'll do my rating. Can I do my rating? Oh yeah, please. Uh, shit. Uh, See, and then uh, now I, and I stopped you to do it and I didn't even like fully think about it. Um, but I'm wondering how much credit I want to give this movie. Uh, I'm, I started like higher now I'm even thinking like lower because it just doesn't mean anything to me this movie doesn't Means mean nothing. anything to me I'll do 28 I'll do a 28% for sure yeah so the thing that I would focus on we've already been harping on it that's why honestly this is going to be our shortest episode because none of the none of, nothing in this is really inspired it is like you said with the deconstructed that's what I was hinting at is uh, you know kind of building upon what you're saying is is that a deconstructed meal what it's doing is it is highlighting the components that make the dish typically you will lose some of the uh some of the distinctness or you will not completely uh kind of relish or appreciate all of these ingredients that come together to make a solid meal and 
none of the ingredients in this is inspired. It is all pretty hacky. It is not thought out. It seems very just like, oh, you know what? We're here and we're making a movie. We have a general idea of where we're trying to go. And then we're going to just shoot this for three years. Because, yeah, you're just like, it's a pet project almost. You're coming back. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I'll shoot a couple, totally. you know, a couple scenes of That's this. That's what, like, Open Water was to that shark movie. Just reminded me of, mm. of this, but continue. Yeah. But, yeah, so... <sighs> I'm just trying to think of anything nice to say. I think some of the actors. Sure. Sorry. That was something that I forgot to mention as much as, as well as the performances of the brother and Patrick Fabian, but um, I'm sure there's others you'd like to talk about. No, those are the two that I would call out. Um, I think both of those actors would, uh, I mean, I've seen, uh, I've seen the brother in other stuff and he's great. Um, Andrew Jones. Yes. Um, yeah, they just, it's not really that much. They're not on display that much. Um, so I don't know. It's really hard to say, oh yeah, their performances were really good because the movie doesn't really let, um, the brother's performance be that good. He's just kind of a fixture that pops in and pops out. Um, yeah, so that's how I feel about this. And I'm going to give this movie a two. Like a flat 20. Uh, t- two, 2%. 2%? Yeah. A 2% out of 100. Wow. I'm. Yeah. It happened. It happened. Yeah. It's, how I it's, feel about it. it's, yeah, I mean, just write it off, man. Throw it, throw it in, throw it in the trash. Like, this is, this is like at this point in time, uh, uh, something you find in the bin at the grocery store. Maybe there's some like, uh, gems in there as well, but like at Walgreens or something to be like, oh, I want to like watch a scary movie tonight. Oh, look at this. A two dollar movie in the in the in the bin that I can check out with my my groceries or whatever or uh, or medicine. Um, and I'm I I love it. We got we got our within this month we've gotten our highest scores and our lowest scores. This has been Hell quite yeah. the roller coaster because we start yeah like you said we started at which I gave a ninety eight mm-hmm. and you gave a ninety something and then we yeah, end here. I was struggling to figure out why I wouldn't give this hundred percent. It like, I still think about it to yeah, this day. I know, and man. It's, it, it keeps not, you up at night <laughs> more than a movie know. does. No, no. <laughs> and that's mainly only because of it set, being set so far in the past. If it was made with a present day kind of sensibility, maybe because the filmmaker is so incredibly great that I would have maybe found more of like personal life relatability mm, to totally, where it would like totally. stick with me that I'm scared of it. But man, I think yeah. That's so my point too. the setting, I kind of like more of the sci-fi future. sort of, it's, it's a silly point. I mean, it's not what that movie is, but it's just like, that's where you start to really boil down to your sensibilities. And when you get something like this, which just did not reach either of us at all, it sounds like in a, well, obviously we just, we just went through yeah. it, but in a way that like, yeah, maybe something like, I think we gave hotel Transylvania. We were just in the middle. Cause we we're like, we understand its purpose yeah. and its reasoning for being here. Not for us. We can let it go on. This doesn't need to fucking be here. This movie doesn't nope. need to exist. It doesn't, it's provided nothing to the, to, uh, film or the genre itself. Really. It's, it's not push. It has not pushed the ball forward in any in any sort of way except maybe highlight some performances that are uh, are pretty good um and yeah i i don't know eli roth liked it 
and that and and it, it, they got to make their movie and and good for them and they made us a lot of money doing i know yeah. and so much so they made us they made a second one which is just the yeah. funny that's just the funniest title to me when it's something like that like the last exorcism something with so much finality part two part two right <laughs> apparently not we're back oh, at guess, it again it's not yeah um so yeah I'll, I'll go into some critic scores uh they enjoyed the movie they gave it a 72 percent um starting with jeanette cat solace uh wow that's cat soul is wow oh i thought you might not like this movie with uh a cat soul um vacating the the cat body at one point but i shall continue jeanette Catsolis, new york times uh four out of five an unusually restrained and genuinely eerie little movie perched at the intersection of faith folklore and female puberty uh, okay i'm mm. hmm. that's i feel like that's digging a bit that is digging a lot because obviously some of those things are presented yeah but sure. i didn't it, Oh man. And that's done in so many, it's a little girl getting possessed in so many of these movies. Like that's just, yeah, it is a part of it. Um, all right. Sean O'Connell, Washington post. Stam creates an anxious psychological horror. That's vaguely familiar yet refreshingly original. Sounds like such a contradiction. Mm-hmm. Vaguely familiar and refreshingly original just sound like opposites. Diamet- yeah. Right. Totally. Yeah, pol- polarized, uh, if you will, uh, mm-hmm. polarizing yeah. opinions. Um, I will do maybe uh, one more. Let's find a good one back at the uh, at the Guardian. Film, Felum O'Neill. Felum. My name's Felum O'Neill. Guardian. Sam effectively crafts a dozen or so marvelously, marvelously creepy moments. Audience faith in the existence of de- decent horror films is reaffirmed. No, wrong. I wrong. I mean, I, this is in 2010 when it when it came out, and this was yeah. It's just that was just hot. It was hot shit. It was it was hot shit. Is is what we've learned. Um, and now we will go to audience reviews. I go to Amazon one star reviews for this one. It's easier to to pull together um uh we go to adam a top 500 reviewer one star out of five titled the last time i'll watch another newer exorcist movie again uh he reviewed this october 13th of this month in 2021 so yeah someone else just watched this movie this year maybe the only other one i don't know i went into this movie from all the hype my friends gave me oh friends are giving this dude hype uh and when I finally watched it, I was pretty much close to egging all their homes for their taste in movies. This movie was so boring to me, I really didn't like it. Boring is a good word. I'm yeah. usually not a fan of the newer exorcism type movies, and this is another reason why. It was boring, man. Yeah, I was I was bored yeah, as well. Sure. Like I remember like it was like the hour <laughs> mark or something. It's like, oh, they did the exorcism now, the rest of the movie's gonna happen. It's gonna get scary, and then you find out it's just not gonna get scary. Um I will go on. Uh, <laughs> I'll go to Denise Marie, one star out of five, titled, Didn't see the movie and didn't order. I didn't. I don't know why this is showing that I have this, but I never ordered it. Sorry, can't help. <laughs> 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 I 
You love, yeah. I love that she took the time out of her day to yeah. make the review. Maybe like Amazon, like, hey, make this review of this item that you ordered. And you're like, I didn't fucking order, I order this. One star. <laughs> one star. I don't like it because I don't know it. Um, okay. Um, let's let's find uh, another one from, from Z reviewers. Not good at all from Lana. One star. This is a horrible, horrible movie. If I wanted to watch a documentary or crooked pe- preachers, I can do it anytime on live TV and not cost me a thing. Nailed wow. it. Wow. Yep, nailed it. I couldn't finish watching it. I was so bored and disappointed. I watched the second half and it was really good. I don't know. It reminds me of Zappa's House of a Thousand Corpses. It was a horrible movie. Then he put out The Devil's Rejects. Oh, is that? Oh, huh? yeah. Did Rob Zombie do both of those? Why did he say yes. Zappa? Why did they say Zappa? I have no idea. This uh, person saw a different movie. It was a good movie. Uh, Devil's Rejects was. Uh, it seemed to me that they were trying to make up for the horrible pain they put us through with the first movies. I'm sure there's. I'm sure someone out there likes it, and good for them. Just not my kind of horror movie. Um, yeah, you can join the club with us, I guess. Uh, yeah, people not liking the the found footage thing. Um, the trailer is free by Be Real. This movie took long to get to the point and left us wondering at the end. That was good, but could have seen more in the movie than questions it left with left the audience with. The sequel should be better? Question mark. <laughs> That's so funny. It's like you actually like hold out hope. So it's like, well, I didn't really like this one, so that means the next one's gotta be better. Be <laughs> they get right. it all. T- they get it all together. I'm I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, wow what an optimistic person yeah it's like well i'm gonna give the second one a chance i give this one a chance like i gotta trust my intuition Uh, i'll do one more from germ wool uh one star just another blair witch or cloverfield i hated cloverfield in those style movies if you like those types of movies you'll like this one but personally i can stand those and wasn't aware this movie was like this before ordering same it is a, a first person documentary style movie that likes to lead you to believe it is real I think I would have liked this movie had it been directed different, differently. So my review is based solely on the directing style. The movie story and settings were a good idea and could have made a decent normal movie. Yeah, this movie would have been like more just fine if it was like a normal movie, I guess. But just the found footage thing just totally dates it so bad. So much. Um, yeah, so that's, that's your audience reviews. Um, we will move on. That was Last Exorcism. That feels good to just purge as you would a demon from oh, your body yes um, great like analogy. an like one of those energy draining demons that just sucks the life out of you in a boring way oh <laughs> i'm so boring spooky <laughs> <laughs> yeah give me <laughs> yeah bored out of my mind yeah <laughs> you thought you were gonna be entertained <laughs> guess not gotcha uh, yeah so i was going to present to you brandon where we are now, uh, if we were to release on schedule, I could release early if we wanted to release a ho- on Halloween episode. Um, otherwise, if you we were going to release on schedule, it would be November 2nd. So do we want to do one more scary movie or should we wrap it up and move on? We got to do a better scary movie. One more? Okay. Yeah. Um, there is... I, Halloween Kills is out in movie theaters right now, and it currently has a somewhat polarizing uh, score. If you're interested in seeing that, um, I don't know if you've seen the the first like little uh, 
remake of Halloween, not remake, but kind of what do you call it these days? Soft reboot where you call it the same fucking thing. Um, mm-hmm. And then, uh, but they're doing a trilogy like that new scream movie. They're just calling it scream, just scream. No other signifier. Just like, no, it's just called scream. Oh, I know what you did last time. Yeah. We're just doing the TV show. I know what you did last summer. That I guess that makes more sense. Anyways, uh, 39% critics, 70% audience for that one. Um, as far as other scary movies, I wish I came pr- more prepared to give you uh, more options, but that was that was just one of them I was thinking of. Uh, I'll take mm. a, I'll take another look here. I remember um, that there was uh, Daniel isn't real. I think was kind of like a more kind of surreal, kind of weird one. Censor as uh, as uh, yeah, the, the, both of those are kind of more like in the she dies tomorrow kind of camp of scary movie. I believe since censor ah, looks. Sensor looks pretty scary. I'm, I want to check up that score again because that one I've been wanting to uh, watch. And this is the part of the show, uh, ladies and gentlemen, where you hear us fervently <laughs> uh, search for your next week's entertainment. Um, that has uh, 89% critics, 56% uh, audience for Sensor. How do they classify the genre of this movie? Horror mystery thriller. I would be interested in doing that just because I'm just because I want to watch that movie. I'm being selfish. Um, oh yeah, I'm into this. Okay, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I can. Yeah, this I, is got, Or I can throw more got, stuff. No, this has got a fair amount of disparity, and and then it's a it's a newer movie. Yeah, and Daniel isn't real. Actually, is very similar to that score. That's eighty four fifty eight. This is eighty nine fifty six. Even more disparity. Yeah, I'm I'm down for this one. Uh, our, it's so it's a uh, sensor from 2021 it's a recent it's a uh, from from this year uh our 24 minutes and uh let's do the synopsis here real quick film sensor ended how do you pronounce that name ended film sensor yeah. ended takes pride in her meticulous work guarding unsuspecting audiences from the deterious effects of watching the gore-filled decapitations and eye gougings she pours over her sense of duty to protect is amplified by guilt over her inability to recall details of the long ago disappearance of her sister, recently declared dead in absentia. Absentia? When Ended is assigned to review a disturbing film from the archive that echoes her hazy childhood memories, she begins to unravel how this eerie work might be tied to her past. It almost sounds like Videodrome or something. Um, mm. box office gross is 88,000. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it next week. This one, this might be one of those quarantine kind of movies where it just kind of a new movie that Small. popped out during quarantine and, and everything. And no one, uh, heard about it coming out. Um, but I'm excited. I've been wanting to watch this one. And, um, this actor is from raised by wolves, the show on HBO. I, I like, uh, I like her in, yeah. that, in that show. Um, she's really good. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, as far as we go, uh, before we go our separate ways, or our own ways, as Fleetwood Mac might say, Brandon. Um, <laughs> yes. I mean, there you go again, Brandon. You you want your freedom. Who, who am I to keep it down? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I love that. Um, uh, before we do that, yeah, uh, yeah just we... We record on Twitch on Thursday nights, Polarize Pod, Polarize the Pod at gmail.com if you care to send us a line of uh, question, concern, review, um, idea, anything that 
that you care for uh yeah or even ideas of movies like we're uh, we're constantly adding yeah there you go to our list but um and maybe this is a good time to mention in it as well i was thinking it could be fun in the future to do uh one of my one of my uh good buddies future brother-in-law devin had talked to me about this and we had talked about this on the podcast as well about movies that were from the past that were reviewed very poorly when they came out but now the rotten tomatoes may not reflect how they uh maybe were received at the time you know yeah, and I thought totally. it might be interesting to kind of talk about some of those movies if we can find any that were received po- very polarizing when they first came out. My big example is like The Thing, which everyone loves the, th- the Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing. Now that's like a classic horror movie, one of my favorites. But when it first came out, it bombed, and so there's a lot of those cult classic movies that have bombed when it first came out. Critics critics didn't like it. Big turnaround, and I think that'd be good uh, way to kind of talk about movie maybe kind of do like a throwback version of our of an episode or something where we kind of go back in time and and do a a non-rotten tomatoes polarizing movie where we don't have to completely go by the quantification of numbers and everything in this rotten tomato system we can kind of branch out a bit if we feel the feel the need to do some throwback because yeah talking about some more like retro movies older older movies could be uh, that could be a way to to do it so yeah if, if you guys have any ideas for stuff like that um brandon if you hear hear anything uh yeah we're yeah we're looking forward to doing our our last spooky movie of the of the month and and then uh yeah on to holiday season kind of november and yeah. december oh my goodness yeah. all right well um oh yeah it's been fun brandon anything that you would like to add no, you said everything. Um, yeah, uh, polarize the pod uh, is our Gmail. Um, like James was saying, feel free to give us some feedback on it. I do love that idea, uh, especially if we were to present it like critic reviews at the time. And yeah. that's where we're jumping off from is like, here is like an article from a popular critic mm-hmm. that ripped this movie apart or so on and so forth. Maybe like a yeah. series of uh, one month, we'll do a series of like those kind of movies or something. I, I love that idea. Um, but yeah, I just, thanks again. Anybody who's listening. Um, cool. Yeah, well, I guess this I is where I say, you can go your own way. Own way. Go, your, go own your own way. way. That's right. Hell yeah. yeah that's right. right. You got it. I bet you would do Brandon. It's been fun. Great app. Great app. And I will talk to you later. Later. Bye. Bye.